How's it going, everybody? Welcome to episode eight of Paranormal Paralysis. Uh, going to be a little lighter episode than last week, thankfully. Hopefully, I won't have any nightmares tonight after this one. But we have a, a special guest known as Lady Teal, who is here with us today. So very excited about that. And she is, I think, <laughs> the only person who responded to a Reddit post that I had made asking for podcast guests. So I really appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> so through uh, lots of ske- reschedulings and we worked out our busy schedules to finally get a time. So <laughs> should be should be a good one. So anyways, if you just want to start off, introduce, you know, uh, I know you have a podcast. So if you want to introduce that, kind of tell the listeners about what you do um, and your interest and that kind of stuff. Sure. So my podcast is Lady Teal's Curios, and we kind of go over a lot of different things. We hit paranormal. Um, I interview people about their experiences. We go to different places. I have a series called Wanderings. So um, my husband and I, we live in a camper and we travel around the country full time. So anytime we hit up a new town that has like a really peculiar backstory, I research the heck out of it and and Uh usually do a (laughs) podcast episode about the legends and lore behind those offbeat locations. Mm -hmm. And uh, you have a a YouTube channel as well that you post to with kind of like the visuals of like what you're actually seeing in the episodes, right? Yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying. It's it's hard (laughs) balancing the two on the road for sure. Um, It's something that I'm trying to work towards uh, being a little bit more consistent about. But yeah, it's I think it does help having the visual sometimes. Yeah, definitely. So where where did the name Lady Teal come from? I'm curious about that. Yeah. So my (laughs) it's kind of funny. My middle name is Teal. So that's where the teal came from. And uh, Mm -hmm. my husband is actually British. And yeah, as a joke, one year, um, his sister bought us like you can buy these tiny square feet plots of land in England and to become a lord. Wait, 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 wait. (laughs) Did you get like your face on? (laughs) <laughs> like your face photoshopped on one of those royalty pictures no 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 nothing like that because uh, <laughs> i was gonna say my dad got my mom for that last christmas as a, that's hilarious as a joke <laughs> no but to to be like a lord or a lady in europe you have to have land mm-hmm. and and so you can buy like a plot of land and then you're unofficially officially a lady so i i just thought it was kind of funny and I always have like this vision in my head that I'm going to eventually evolve into like this elegant aunt grandmotherly figure (laughs) right (laughs) like a fairy godmother kind of (laughs) (laughs) have you guys ever been out to visit your ownership plot we have it's it's literally really that's awesome (laughs) (laughs) so I know you in your podcast you mentioned you kind of started in Georgia and then moved to California because of a job and now you ended up in Arizona um so was Georgia where you grew up 
Yes, Georgia is my home state, and I um, have lived there most of my life. Lived in Florida for about six years, and then Arizona is the next one. We stayed in Arizona a lot longer than we expected to. Um, We were there Mm -hmm. for about 10 months, and then we're in Colorado now. (laughs) Oh, nice. Cool. So, uh, I know uh, Savannah, Georgia especially, is probably one of the most haunted cities in the United States. And, you know, the the state itself is kind of known to be a little little bit on the spookier side. Do you have any, like, folklore or stories from your childhood that you've heard from other people about, um, like, kind of around where you grew up or just Georgia in general? So there's, there's quite a bit in Georgia, um, everything from Bigfoot, if you go up into the Appalachian Mountains, and then... Uh, just general hauntings. Um, one of my favorite areas is Oakland Cemetery in Atlanta. It's uh, one of the most beautiful cemeteries in the country. And um, if you ever have a chance to go there, like um, people say that cemetery, you can sometimes see the apparitions of the soldiers who are buried there. And then there's hmm. a lot of famous people that are buried there as well. And um, sometimes you might hear some of their disembodied voices. Huh. Well, that's pretty cool. Have you ever heard disembodied voices yourself at that cemetery? I personally have not, but I was on a ghost tour there with a group of fellow spooky gals. And um, <laughs> one of the girls who's a little more sensitive, she said she felt somebody touch her shoulder. And it huh. was not one of us. <laughs> Well, that's pretty creepy. Um, have you ever ventured out to Savannah at all? Oh, yes. That is definitely one of my favorite places. And there's a lot of history there. I'm not what they call sensitive as far as mm-hmm. like hearing voices or clairvoyance, clairaudience, that kind of thing. I'm I'm very, right. very interested in the paranormal, but mm-hmm. I never seem to have like those really solid experiences <laughs> that a lot yeah, of people yeah. talk about. <laughs> um, yeah. But Savannah is one of those places that I just, like, it keeps drawing me back, and it, it's got a lot of history and a lot of paranormal history as well. Hmm. Have you ever stayed at, like, um, or taken the tour of any of the plantation houses or anything like that out there? Yeah, it's been a while for one of the plantation homes. Um, usually, I kind of stick to the downtown area where all the shops mm-hmm. and um, the churches are really neat. And there's also a cemetery that you can visit down there. Um, there's quite a few buildings right in that downtown district that are, there's a lot of activity there. So <laughs> Sounds very exciting. <laughs> so um, now you're in... Or no, you said now you're in Colorado. Yeah, we've only been here you were for in... a few days. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, gotcha. So, but before that, you were in Arizona, right? Yes. And, oh man, okay. so much in Arizona. So, so much. I've heard. <laughs> but before we get into that, um, what kind of got you on the trail of exploring like paranormal places or just kind of being like living on the road in general? Sure. So I, um, as far as like getting into paranormal stuff, I was one of those kids that read Nancy Drew and like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Stephen King (laughs) and all of that. So 
<laughs> I've always been into like mysteries and always wanted to solve my own mysteries. But um, mm-hmm. I, I guess as I got older into adulthood, uh, one of the things that really propelled it was um, I left a cult organization that was very strict on their beliefs and As I was leaving, I realized that um, there's a lot more out there and there's like a lot more belief systems and there's a lot of unexplained stuff going on. So that was kind of a catalyst for me. And then um, is for traveling, traveling is just something I've always enjoyed, but we were just really tired Mm -hmm. of the nine to five grind. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) And then how do you, how do you kind of decide where to explore? Like, what makes you interested in a certain place? It's a little, it's, it kind of varies. So we do what's called boondocking, where we have to um, dry camp without hookups. So we're not, mm. we're not in campgrounds. And so we always look for places that are not going to be on top of each other as far as camping. So, like, if I want to go to Sedona, for example, I will uh, mm. look up areas around Sedona that have boondocking. And we always try to stay within 30 to 40 minutes of the town. Um, that way, like, we can enjoy the camping part, but we can also enjoy the exploring because a lot of times what happens is yeah. the, the good stuff is in the town. So. Right, yeah. <laughs> so anyways, going back to Arizona, you said you spent 10 months there. Mm-hmm. What was your favorite part about the state in general? It's such a diverse state. Like, a really, have you been there before? Mm-hmm. I actually have some relatives that are visiting right, visiting right now. Um, who live in, I think, Dateland, Arizona. Okay. So, yeah, from the top of Arizona to the bottom, it's so diverse. You go to the Grand Canyon, and it's trees and forests, and then just a few hours south, Sedona is red rocks, and then south of that is desert, where you have, like, the huge saguaro cacti. So it's a very diverse Mm. um, place, and it is completely different than Georgia. (laughs) Yeah. So in Sedona, I know in one of your podcasts, well, you have a two-part two-part series exploring Sedona, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I listened to that and that was very, very interesting. Um, especially you talk about going to the Bradshaw Ranch in Sedona, Arizona, which I didn't didn't know about until after listening to that. So very interesting place. Um, Anyone listening, I definitely recommend you go listen to those two episodes of uh, her podcast. But basically the Bradshaw Ranch is this old, just like a ranch, basically, like an Mm -hmm. old ranch. And it was used, from what I learned from you, for just like movie sets, uh, hosting parties, general kind of stuff like that, right? Right. Yeah. And the family actually lived on the ranch as well. So there's houses that you can go in that are abandoned and you can actually walk through them. Wow. Sounds like a good opportunity for an Airbnb. (laughs) (laughs) But um, judging by, you know, your episodes on that, it sounded like you had some pretty interesting stories and experiences. So if you just want to talk about your time at the Bradshaw Ranch and just Exploring Sedona, Arizona in general, that would be great. Sure. For anybody that is not familiar with Sedona, it's a very spiritual place already. Like people all over the world will flock to Sedona just to visit the vortexes, which I thought was a bunch of bull honking. 
(laughs) (laughs) But I will say um, the area that we were camping in was like a secret vortex. And I went out and I took a pendulum and I held the pendulum and the pendulum started swinging in a circle, which is supposed to indicate that um, there's a force of energy right there. Yeah. And skeptical me, of course, had to test it a few different ways. So I even hooked it to a branch so that like my my hands were not affecting it. I tied it to a branch. There was no wind or anything. And the pendulum just started like swinging in a circle. So I do think there's something to the vortexes that surround Sedona. (laughs) Yeah, I was was looking into that because that was very interesting. I'd never really heard about vortex or vortices in Arizona particularly but it's actually pretty widely researched from what I've found and like scientists have examined it through the lens of you're probably not familiar with like super string theory because I wasn't either but (laughs) it's basically saying it's like a very far out branch of physics that says you know everything exists in a minimum of 10 dimensions which is Definitely something interesting to think about. <laughs> Could you give a better explanation of maybe what like the definition of a vortex is? So from what I understand, most people believe that it is a an area where there is a concentration of energy. Some people believe that it is um, swirling energy. Kind of, and so that's mm-hmm. where the vortex name comes from because if you think of like maybe a tornado vortex or something it's kind of that same idea but energy some other people believe it's spiritual um and then Mm -hmm. there's other people that believe it's a combination of like the physical and the spiritual so just kind of depends on i guess who you learn from um yeah or who you meet (laughs) out there (laughs) but Uh a lot of people attribute um different feelings to the vortexes so there if you believe in like masculine and feminine energy or um yin and yang there there are mm-hmm. certain vortices in sedona where you go to one side and you'll feel the masculine energy if you go to the other side you'll feel that feminine energy so that's, huh. that's something kind of interesting too <laughs> yeah definitely so there's more than one right so arizona is like a hot spot for vortices, but they could or they do exist in other places. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Right. Okay. Stonehenge, I think, is another place where people believe that there could be one. Oh. Yeah, that's yeah. that's interesting. <laughs> do you have any personal stories besides like the pendulum? Yeah. Invo- well, was the pendulum in? Oh, you said that wasn't a secret vortex, so right? Basically, um, a vortex, I'm trying to think of the best way to explain it because like, It's not like a force field or anything. Like, Uh you can't see the vortex. It's not, like, it's literally if you're on, let's say, you're next to a tree and and there's some grass and you're standing in the area and, and it's like the ground around that area might feel different. Or if you're between two really large rocks, um, then the, the air between those two rocks might feel different. Um, so it depends on gotcha. each person. I had two really close friends, uh, that were camping with us and one of them had to leave because they felt nauseous from the energy there. So, huh. um, some people feel Weird. sick. 
Some people feel like it lifts their spirits up. It it affects everybody differently. Mm-hmm. Um, like like I said, I am not one of those people where I necessarily feel something. Yeah, although like super were, sensitive to that stuff. Yeah. Right? So there was one though that had the masculine and the feminine energy, and um, mm-hmm. it said sometimes if you walked through right right through the center, that some people would feel a shift. And I did feel like a tingling hmm. sensation, kind of what I would think like I, I was walking through an invisible force field or something. And it was like just super huh. fast, so quick that I almost didn't think it happened. So I still I still uh, wonder if it actually did happen or if that was like my mind playing tricks on me because that's, yeah. you know, I'm kind of skeptical in that way. But um there were some other hmm. instances in other places in Arizona where I had some experiences. Would one of those places be the Bradshaw Ranch, maybe? So I <laughs> I saw, <laughs> um, I did have a little experience there, but I did a follow-up stories on my Instagram to kind of uh, provide a counterpoint. Hmm. So I'll tell... I'll tell what happened first. So I was exploring the perimeter of the ranch and there was a rumor that basically if um, the windmill was going, it normally is not windy out. And if the windmill is not going, it's windy out. And that has something Mm. to do with the um, either (laughs) the ghosts, the aliens, the secret government facility that is probably buried (laughs) underneath or or the vortex. (laughs) (laughs) a lot of options to choose from for the windmill yeah so i did (laughs) i was there on a very very windy windy day and Mm -hmm. it was not moving at all and Mm. brought some friends back um we actually so i think in the episode i did not go through the houses yet because i wasn't sure if it was allowed or not and a follow-up episode i talked about um going through like we were actually able to go into the abandoned houses again i didn't have anything (laughs) happen to me but um one of my friends that was with me had to leave the building because she felt like she was just going to throw up on the spot so wow (laughs) was it just in one specific house that she felt that or was it kind of all throughout the property so there, it was one house and it was the house that I am pretty sure they hosted the parties. There's a huge bar set up. People have gone in and hmm. uh, spray painted and graffitied on some of the walls. So there's one wall that actually yeah. says, I want to believe, which I thought was nice. very fitting. <laughs> <laughs> right. Huh. So uh, what are what are some of the rumors that surround that place? You probably know them a little better than me, but are they, uh, I know it's, kind of known to be like a paranormal hotspot, but would you say it's more of like, there's like ghosts and it's haunted kind of paranormal or more of like a government conspiracy alien bases kind of paranormal stuff? I think it's more from what I've read and researched and the locals that I've talked to there, I think it's more government conspiracy, UFOs, and possibly even like parallel universes because one of the locals (laughs) that I talked with there, um, was actually at a party at the Bradshaw Ranch back in its heyday. And um, wow. And he said he saw somebody walk through the wall. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, pretty sweet. 
that Jeez. I mean, and he he's like an older gentleman and he he put his hand on my shoulder and he's like, people are going to tell you all sorts of stories about this place. People will say mm-hmm. there's a government base underneath. People will say they've even seen dinosaurs there. But he like yeah. looked me dead straight in the eye and he was like, this is the only thing I've ever experienced. And I wasn't even on drugs back then. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Jeez. So, I, I believe him. I don't think he was pulling my leg. Yeah. Do you meet a lot of like people who have experiences in the places you're exploring? I do. That you yeah. talk to? Yeah. And that's one of the things that I really enjoy about it is talking to the locals, uh, meeting people who have actually had experiences. Because part of the reason I go is I do want to experience something, but uh-huh. uh, sometimes I wonder if my uh, upbringing or whatever is blocking or shielding some of that. So, mm-hmm. um, so it's nice for me to kind of talk to people to understand, you know, the lore behind it and then maybe what I should expect if I'm going in. <laughs> yeah, right. Now, do you do like deep, super deep research on a place or do you just kind of look up like, oh, this place is a hot spot for weird activity. Let's go check it out. It depends on how much time we're staying at a place and then um, and like how much time I have for an episode usually but I love Mm -hmm. doing deep research I love going down the rabbit hole um the Sedona one we were there for a couple of months so I was able to do some pretty heavy research um there was uh an episode I did on Ajo which is actually where I had the EVP uh recordings I did a lot of research on that one as well talked to a lot of locals so I feel I, if I could do it, you know, my way all the time, (laughs) I I would totally like spend a few weeks to a month in a certain location and just do those deep dives Mm -hmm. for every episode. Yeah. I always think it's super interesting to learn all the the details and the history of places you go to. Mm -hmm. So then, you know, like what could be like spilling over into like personal experiences and that kind of stuff. But tell us more about Aho, because I have not, I have not really heard about that one yet. I actually had not heard of it until I went on a, a camping trip with some girlfriends to Oregon Pipe National Monument, and you hmm. drive through the town of Aho, and it's um, one of the last towns before you get to the Mexican border. So it's way in southern Arizona. Huh. It's a really cute huh. town, and it was a mining town. It has like the old. Um, Does it have abandoned mine shafts? Oh, totally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's sweet. Yeah, actually, I oh, I'm gonna have to look up the year. I think I think it was the 80s that it shut down. So it shut down hmm. rather recently. Yeah. Basically, there's a hospital there that shut down pretty much when the uh, mine shut down, and that is where I had my first EVP experience. <laughs> oh, so you actually went into the hospital yeah i went in so it it was a paranormal (laughs) research center because there was Uh so much activity and it was literally one of like the um most haunted places in arizona and ghost adventures recorded there oh really with zach baggins yep and he something in that hospital 
scared him so bad that they recorded most of the episode outside of the hospital. Wow. I did not know that. <laughs> so what you're saying is you're more brave than Zach Baggins because he went inside the hospital to record. <laughs> either, either that or because I don't feel <laughs> or yeah, I, don't, right. I don't sense that. <laughs> so one of, my, one of my friends that is a, um, a medium, she said that she thinks that I actually have some sort of like shield protection up that allows mm. me to not sense things so that I'm with, mm-hmm. when I'm with people who are more sensitive, I can be of more assistance to them. I can like be yeah. a, a clear mind or whatever. So I thought that was a nice way of looking at it. Yeah. <laughs> you said you got an EVP in the hospital. Right. So I actually had um, my recorder. I had the EMF reader. I had some spirit boxes going and um, there were a few other people that were also doing some investigations and we were all just kind of doing our own investigations. So it, like Mm -hmm. I was saying, it used to be like an actual paranormal research center that you could rent out the space. They recently sold it, but you could do like overnights and things like that. And I was there for about four hours. That's pretty cool. And There were certain areas of the hospital that had certain known energy. So they showed me before I um, like went into the investigation. I didn't want to know too much because I just wanted to experience whatever happened naturally. So um, before I went in, I just asked like the basic history of the hospital, did my investigation, thought I didn't experience or hear anything at all. And then later Mm -hmm. they were telling me um, and showing me some of the evidence that they had. One of them was really cool. One of them was like a shadow. You can actually see like a a nurse bending over and helping a patient. And there's no way in the hospital. It was from a camera that they just had set up. What the heck? (laughs) That's so wild. That's sweet. And and they had so much other evidence too. So I was like, this Mm -hmm. is the perfect place for me to start. Yeah. <laughs> so I went in this, uh, we heard this like clank, this really loud clank as mm-hmm. I was talking to them. And it came from this one room that was said to have a very dark entity. They referred mm-hmm. to it as malevolent even. Oh, good. But I personally didn't really, I didn't, I don't know. I didn't get that vibe. I just, I felt like it mm-hmm. was um, more, th- that area of the hospital felt more like, troubled or uh not malevolent just like troubled is what i would say yeah kind of like sad or something like that yeah yeah Yeah. so uh, i um there's no power in the hospital too of course (laughs) so i go into this room and it's like pitch black i got my flashlight i'm trying to find out where the clank noise we heard came from and all of a sudden the spirit box starts going off and and so i do my standard hello, is there anyone here? I just want to talk to you. Um, Can you please respond by saying hi or hello, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And I didn't hear anything. And later... Or so you thought. Yeah. (laughs) Later when I played back my recordings, there is a solid hi. Like somebody... No way. There's a man's voice, (laughs) a literal man's voice that's like, hi. 
I was like, oh I when I, I had my headphones on when I was listening to rec- the recording and I like threw uh-huh. off my headphones and I <laughs> shouted to my husband and I was like, babe, I got an EVP. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. How do you know that it wasn't someone else in your group though? They're, they were completely on the opposite side of the building, like completely oh. nobody else was near me. And then there was another room that I kind of did the same practice on. I went in and said, hey, is anybody here? It was the doctor's lounge. And there's like Mm -hmm. a solid hello on it. And I was like, oh my (laughs) gosh. Wow. (laughs) Having those has really, I don't, it's really sparked an even greater interest to like go to more haunted places. Because even though Mm -hmm. I don't really feel things like maybe other more sensitive people do having that kind of Uh evidence you know is it's mind-boggling one yeah (laughs) but it makes me a lot more curious yeah definitely do you happen to have the evps still available by chance i do i don't know if it'll i'll try playing it really quick i don't know if it'll go okay um let me see Hey, Lynn's in here. Can you say hello? Did you hear it? Yeah, that was sweet. Which room is this in again? Where you heard the clanking from? Yes. (laughs) One one more time, one more time. Hey, Lynn's in here. Can you say hello? Wow. (laughs) That's so cool. Yeah, that's that's crazy. It's like a little whisper. Yeah. And there's another one that it's like, you can totally tell it's a dude talking and then there mm-hmm. there's another one that i included in that episode that um um it's a little harder to hear but it sounds like there's people talking over me like they're really? talking about me and and like i huh. played it back a few times and it, it sounded to me it sounded like one of them was saying like what is she doing here weird <laughs> <laughs> that's creepy yeah. that's crazy though so those were all in the same hospital then right right yeah Jeez. do you know how old that hospital was i can look at my notes i think it was the um 1900s early 1900s it wasn't like a super hmm. old hospital yeah. um basically there was a lot of yep it was 1918 was when it um was built so hmm. basically Just over 100 years a lot of Arizona towns were mining towns and a lot of Arizona uh-huh. towns are haunted because the apparently there's a theory that the copper or whatever rocks and minerals are in those mines are conductors. And so you'll find that like certain hauntings are really close to mining areas because of those rocks mm-hmm. and minerals. Stealing energy from the vortices. <laughs> yeah. Would yeah. you say that was the most kind of spooky paranormal place that you've explored so far definitely up there for sure i've been in a few cemeteries that would have a little bit more of a scary vibe to Mm -hmm. it hospitals kind of fascinate me because there's just so much like raw emotion going in hospitals in general you know like if if you're in the maternity ward and you're you giving birth or if you're like mm-hmm. having an extreme like if you were in a mining accident and you're dealing with that there's like a lot of raw emotion that goes 
um, with hospitals. So I think that's something that's psychologically fascinating. And I think that's why a lot of hauntings do occur at hospitals. But so like I mentioned before, I didn't feel anything during my stay at the hospital. So I wasn't super freaked (laughs) out. But now that I, like, after I went back and listened to everything, I was like, oh, I need to go back there again. (laughs) Right. Did you? No, because they they recently Uh, sold it, so. (laughs) Oh, so it's probably, like, closed down. Yeah. It's trespassing um, signs and stuff now. (laughs) It's closed. So if you, if anybody goes back to watch the uh, Ghost Adventures episode on that hospital, I'm pretty sure there's a scene where, uh, like, a, so you know how the hospital rooms have numbers on the doors? Mm-hmm. So I'm pretty sure there's a scene where one of those flies off the door and hits one of the, I don't <laughs> know if it's Zach or somebody else in the crew, but yeah. it freaks them out. So. <laughs> that would freak me out. Something smacking me in a haunted hospital. <laughs> so what would you say is the most, I guess, scary place that you've been to so far? Even if you didn't have any experiences, just like an overall scary vibe to it hmm that's a good one so this is probably going to sound weird but the grand canyon is something that scares me that i don't think a lot of people realize how scary it is there are so many deaths that happen in the grand canyon because of people being stupid (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah i I think i saw it was like one in four hundred thousand people die like just random tourists die there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I went there a couple of years ago and I remember just like looking down the side. It's like 6,000 feet deep or something like that. And thinking, I wonder how long I would have to contemplate my life before, <laughs> before I hit the ground if I like slipped and fell. And for anyone who's curious, you would have uh, 18 seconds. So, Oh, you actually <laughs> so, know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was, it's a bit of a fall. <laughs> uh, uh, but then also it takes like five hours to hike down. Yeah. But then 15 to get back out because of the inclines and stuff, I would imagine. But did you go down? Only partially um, because we were there pretty close to summertime and it gets so Mm, hot. And if you don't have enough water, (laughs) then you are SOL. But um, I think for me, one of the things that's like really creepy about it is there's so there is a cemetery on the land and there is a lot of Native American legend that goes um, with Mm. the Grand Canyon and Mm-hmm. Part of that legend is, depending on the tribe, of course, but um, one of the legends is that it is a portal to the underworld. Yep, yep. <laughs> so, and if you're there Jeez. at nighttime and you're just staring into that abyss of a canyon, it, yeah. can, it can be kind of creepy. <laughs> yeah, I bet it'd play with your mind a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> so for that, you guys were mostly exploring like the Kaibab Forest, right? Yeah, so... The Kaibab National Forest um, is, it extends over the Grand Canyon. Um, So we explored a little bit of that and then uh, a good bit of the Grand Canyon. And there, I was surprised to learn there's actually a lot of um, apparitions and disembodied voices. And in the forest or just in general around the canyon? Closer to the canyon. Mm, Okay. If you go to some areas of the forest where there were, rangers working there are Mm -hmm. stories about like hearing whispers and things like that but um definitely because 
when you get inside the canyon, that's where like the village is. That's where all the workers live and everything. So there's definitely going to be a lot more activity there. Interesting. I remember uh, from one of your episodes, you said you found uh, like a little cemetery or uh, I think it was a staff cemetery or something like that. So there's uh, the Pioneer Cemetery. And that's where Mm, people who lived like the first settlers there. Um, and then also people who served for the National Forest um, gave significant contributions to the Grand Canyon. But there's also mm-hmm. a single solitary grave that's in a parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> like the gravestone's just sticking up out of the asphalt or what? It's So there's like a, um, like the parking lot is there and then you have this tree and it's surrounded by, um, you know, like, uh, what is pine straw? Sorry, my mind just went blank. Mm, yep. <laughs> so the tree, there's like pine straw and trees and stuff in this little island right in the middle of a parking lot, right across the street from huh. the El Tovar Hotel and right next to the Hopi Weird. House. And if you're walking out of the El Tovar Hotel towards the parking lot, it's so easy to miss it because there's like a dumpster right there. You wouldn't think there's anything there. Right. And you look down, and there's like, there's literally a grave right there. <laughs> wow, <laughs> what a random place. Yeah. <laughs> well, there. I should say what a what a weird place to build a parking lot. I'm sure the grave was there far before the parking lot. Was. <laughs> I know. That's what I was Jeez. like. Oh, but um. So one of my oh. other friends said uh-huh. she had texted me after I released that episode, and she was like, "Oh my gosh." I need to show you something and, um, or no, I actually, it was before I released the episode because she sent me the picture and then I included it in the episode, (laughs) but she (laughs) said that she saw somebody walking across the rim at nighttime, like, like the horizon of the rim. And she was afraid to tell somebody because she (laughs) thought people wouldn't believe her. And she caught a picture on camera and really? like when you look at the picture, it looks like it could be um, like a light reflection. And ninety percent of me wants to believe that it's the light re- uh-huh. reflection, but there's like ten percent of me that wants to believe that it's the girl that is buried right, right, in right. that in that grave in the parking lot. <laughs> wow, <laughs> weird. So I'm gu- I'm guessing you didn't personally see any any spooky ghosts or apparitions in the forest peeking out from the trees i did not we saw a lot of elk <laughs> oh yeah any have you seen any witches because i know they they like to live in the forest no but um i do have like a weird experience i had that is, is involving tarot so like i know some people oh, who are okay. into witchy stuff like tarot cards and all of that mm-hmm. um and some people who are into paranormal will use tarot cards to communicate or whatever. So I was uh. I was getting my first tarot deck and the lady, like this is brand new to me. I have no idea what tarot is, just that it's something that people who are into paranormal or spiritualism, <laughs> they're like super mm-hmm. into. Could you take just... A quick second to kind of give just like a general outline of what it is for anyone who doesn't know. Sure. So uh, the tarot cards are, see, it originally started as a game and then over the years it's kind of developed into like a spiritual 
practice or a way of communicating or even just a way of bettering yourself as a person if you're not into that kind of stuff. Um, but they're the original decks um, that most people go off of are the Rider weight decks. And there's imagery on each card. You'll see like the fool and he's acting. Mm-hmm kind of funny and he's got like a little backpack on <laughs> there's, so there's like the major arcana and the minor arcana so mm-hmm. you have like the characters in the major arcana and then uh different suits in the minor arcana and i that could be a whole episode in itself. right right um but basically people use these as tools for either divination or self-improvement or something like that okay so Perfect. i was purchasing my first deck at a metaphysical shop and i told the lady i was like i have no idea what to get because there's hundreds of decks out there they're like you're you know like a card deck cards come with Mm -hmm. butterflies on them or with shapes on them or whatever so what's like the difference between the decks is it just like the like the background of the card like a standard card deck or is it the type of character it it's kind of uh, it depends on the artist who created the deck. Most most mm, decks okay. will follow the same. Most decks are based on that Rider weight deck, the original deck, mm-hmm. and some some of them kind of veer off into their own little areas. But um, most of them do follow that original one. And so I was just asking her like which one she recommended, and she was like, "Just pick one that speaks to you or that you connect with." And and then she mm-hmm. told me to sleep with it underneath my pillow <laughs> or, <laughs> or underneath my bed for uh, so that huh. I could connect to it. And I thought, again, Bada was a bunch of bull honky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, huh. and so I took my deck home and my husband actually just went out of town. And so I, I was like, I'm going to sleep with it under my pillow, see if it does anything. I put it Mm -hmm. under my pillow and uh, fell asleep. And then about 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning, I wake up to my dogs just like going insane, just barking crazy. And and I have huskies. They don't typically bark. They typically howl. (laughs) Yeah, howl. (laughs) So like they were on full defense mode. And so I get up, I search the house, I look around, nothing, nothing's wrong. So I'm like, Weird. you guys are crazy. Go back to sleep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so huh. I go back to sleep. And as I'm falling asleep, I feel like this rubbing sensation on my shoulder. And oh my. I like turn around because it felt so freaking real that I thought for a second that my husband had came back or had gotten home early from his trip. And I turned around uh-huh. and I was like, oh, that's weird. I could have sworn somebody just touched me. And so I go, oh, I fall asleep. And then I wake up like 30 minutes later, same thing. Like somebody's massaging my back now, like full on. I can feel somebody massaging my back. And so I, <laughs> I, I like roll over and I'm like, Chris, what are you doing? <laughs> right. <laughs> and there's nobody there. And then as soon as I, like, what as soon as those words left my mouth, um, the dog started barking again. And I was like, okay, oh my that's too coincidental. Something's going on. Yeah. And so then Something I go spooky. back to sleep 
<laughs> the same thing. Everything repeats again. I feel the massaging. Mm-hmm. The dogs start going crazy. And it repeats itself like three or four times. And like by the 10th time or whatever, I'm like, okay, this is crazy. Like I am obviously feeling somebody touching me, but there's nobody here. And so I look to the deck under my pillow <laughs> and I, mm-hmm. I just remembered from somebody's podcast i can't i don't remember if it was like jim harold's or some other paranormal podcast but i remembered somebody saying um that if there is like a spirit or an entity that is bothering you or annoying you you can just ask it Mm -hmm. nicely to leave and so i that's what i did i i said i don't know who is here or what is here but i really just want to go to sleep (laughs) Right, yeah. <laughs> so if you could please leave, that would be great. And after I said that, nothing happened. Everything was good. Wow. That's a that's a weird that's very weird. Have your dogs ever like barked like that before in the house? Never. Or? The only time they ever bark like that is if uh like we're in danger. Like if uh, they they yeah. found they found a snake one time, or huh. you know, if there's something that they sense is dangerous or different, that's when they'll bark. But I did a little research hmm. and I talked to a few medium psychic friends, and um, they kind of came to the consensus that it probably was whoever my guide was um, from the tarot deck. It was probably my guide trying to connect with me in like a motherly friendly way and he was like go away <laughs> and, huh. and, I, and I totally told it to go away <laughs> <laughs> weird so with those you get like is that would that be the same as like a spiritual guide kind of thing some some people believe that um and then there's some people that believe it's kind of like opening a doorway kind of like a spirit board or a ouija board Mm, so like while the people i talked to they said because it was it wasn't being like it didn't punch me it didn't leave bruises it was just like massaging my shoulders they think it was just trying to be friendly with me um Mm -hmm. but i don't know (laughs) I haven't, yeah. I've never had anything like that happen again. <laughs> yeah. Well, you probably told it to go away. So it's like, I'm not coming back. <laughs> I know, I know. But I do use Poor my ghost. tarot cards still. And I, like, I, I use those. And now I have like four decks of mm-hmm. tarot cards. And I've actually, I've said out loud, like, I, I don't mind if you're here. Just don't wake me up in the middle of the night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're all probably talking to the original. <laughs> Your original guy, she's like, don't, just don't do anything. She's mean. <laughs> uh, oh, man. Wow. That's crazy. What's, um, what's like the weirdest reading you've got from that? If that, is that what you call it? A reading? Yeah, you can call it a reading. Um, so I was, when we were in California, uh, mm-hmm. we were working as camp hosts at, and there were several other, um, couples that were working there. And so I made a couple of girlfriends there and we were kind of doing our own readings and um or I was doing readings for them and Mm -hmm. there was one that was like trying to we were trying to figure out what our spirit animals were we were just having fun (laughs) drinking wine (laughs) (laughs) so but it was so crazy because so like I was 
doing the deck and it was an animal focused deck. Um, and I pulled my, so they actually, they actually knew what their animals were Mm -hmm. and we were trying to figure out what mine was. And so I pulled the first card and the first card is, uh, my friend to the left, uh, just call her Amanda. So I pull Amanda's animal and then I shuffle the deck Mm -hmm. and pull the second card. And the second card is Sarah's animal. So I literally pull the two people's right. animals that are sitting right next to me. Uh-huh. And, and so they were like, oh, that's so crazy. You know, like of, of all the cards in here that you could have pulled, you pulled both of ours. And so they thought like I was able to feel their energy or like through the deck, I was able to connect with yeah. them or whatever. But um, oh. sad to say... <laughs> I think I have a bit too much wine because I don't even remember what animal I pulled. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's fantastic. <laughs> so, oh, but I just remember them like being so, I don't like surprised and they're like, mm. oh my gosh, you pulled our car. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, that sounds pretty sweet. I always thought it was interesting how dogs and cats are known to be a little more sensitive to that kind of like natural psychics almost because, you know, they have like more acute hearing, the ability to see the UV stuff, better just all around vision at night and everything. But have your dogs ever acted weird when you were exploring like a known paranormal place that you didn't really pick up on and you're just like, all right, come on, let's go. Yeah. So um, have you heard of Randonautica? before that oh yeah that was that was uh that was actually my next question (laughs) so perfect (laughs) so we had trek and nova and trek passed away last year um but before trek passed away i would take him with us Mm -hmm. um to do these little randonautica adventures and it was just me and trek and nova my my husband's not like super into the paranormal so usually uh-huh. I do this stuff on my own. <laughs> oh, perfect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Out in the woods with all the witches. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> and But he always is like, take the dogs with you. <laughs> mm-hmm. So there was one time I was doing a randonautica thing and I was just like, um, I just want to find some, some natural bones. <laughs> <laughs> oh, was that your... Uh... Like the goal or whatever you yeah, put in the, the app, natural bones. Because, <laughs> because not like human bones. I'm uh-huh. just going to clarify. I I really enjoy right, right. taxidermy and stuff like that, and huh. and like I have a naturalist collection. So yeah. like if I find something cool. interesting, then I will keep it in my little collection or whatever. So I was looking for mm-hmm. just some interesting bones near the um, near the ocean because that's where we were, and huh. all of a sudden. We're like walking down this side path and Trek is just like staring straight into the sky, like straight into the sky. And he's like sniffing really hard. And but he's like, it looks like he's looking at something. And I'm I'm like looking at him and I'm like, Trek, come on, let's go. And he like his fur goes up on edge. And so Uh I'm like, okay, there's something like I can't see anything. Uh (laughs) It's a perfectly blue sky, a beautiful sunny day, but something is freaking him out. So we turned around Mm. and went a different way and he was fine. (laughs) Weird. 
So yeah, I don't know. I've actually had quite a few like synchronistic experiences with the Randonautica app, but that was the mm-hmm. only one where I felt like actually something might be lurking ahead. Yeah, that's weird. He's looking straight up at the sky. Maybe he saw like a UFO or something. Yeah, never know. <laughs> awesome. Do you have any tips for people who... Uh, you know, want to get out of the house a little bit and kind of go explore their own kind of paranormal stuff. If you do, and you're listening to this, I'll point you to her episode because she has a full episode outlining that. But if you could um, just give like a general, general, a general guide, maybe. Sure. So I love uh, the website Atlas Obscura. It is okay. a great website for finding off the beaten path, um, places, cities, even just like random roadside attractions. And I use that weekly just to find different places in the areas that I'm visiting in. Um, and then there are so many resources online as far as like old newspapers. So if you look up your town and oh, really? old huh. newspapers, it it's crazy the kind of information you can find out. And then yeah, I never thought of that. Yeah. So that takes a little bit more digging, but you'll find a lot of legends and lore about your uh, specific area by looking at the old newspapers. And then talking to people mm-hmm. on Instagram, um, awesome. using the hashtags of the locations to find out certain things and then adding like paranormal or haunted. <laughs> It's right. really helpful. <laughs> um, so, yeah, there's, yeah, I guess I use kind of multiple things to figure out where I want to go and what I want to do. And then as we were talking earlier, you know, hitting up some of the local joints and talking to the locals mm-hmm. is super helpful. Awesome. Sweet. So there you go. You said it was Atlas Obscura? AtlasObscura.com. And they cover the whole world. Awesome. I'm going to have to check that out this weekend. (laughs) And then I wish they would sponsor me. (laughs) Right. (laughs) You just got to say you're sponsored by them until you are. (laughs) All right. Well, do you have any, uh, do you have anything you would like to promote? Um, like your podcast, your store, anything like that? Definitely. I'm kind of on a hiatus right now just because we're uh, doing some intense traveling. But um, I do, mm. I used to post weekly. I try to post every other month now. So you can check it out on any platform. But my whole goal in sharing stories like this with people is just to encourage everybody to stay curious and keep an open mind because there's so many preconceived notions and judgments in the world i think it's important for everybody to stay curious definitely so uh, if you want to check her out on instagram i believe it's lady lady teals curios right that's correct lady teals curios c-u-r-i-o-s yes some people get it confused with curious but (laughs) yeah (laughs) awesome and then i think that has a link to like your all your curious items and your YouTube and stuff on there, right? Yes, I am working on a pop-up curiosity shop um, and we're going to be doing that quarterly. So stay tuned for that. Sweet. Sweet. Awesome. Well, as always, you guys, uh, if you enjoy the show, follow us on Instagram at Paranormal Paralysis. If you have any spooky stories or want to come on the show, email 
us at paraparalysis at outlook.com. Just a reminder, the merch is finally out, so you can go on our website and buy some of that if you want. Paranormalparalysis.com. Make sure to check out Lady Teal's podcast, Lady Teal's Curios, on all podcasting sites, I assume. And as always, stay Stay spooky, spooky, baby. baby. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you.